music beat me. <laughs> good, morning. good morning. Hey, good to see you. The candle's lit today. So. Yeah, we uh, celebrate by lighting a candle when somebody gives their life to Christ and baptized, and we have a baptism to celebrate Mike, one of my pastor prayer partners. I so appreciate my pastor prayer partners. They're back there praying in the green room before I come out to preach, and whoever's speaking that Sunday, they're back in this room praying during the preaching. It's really why we see great things happen here at Brandywine. Why don't we just thank our pastor prayer partners here? To, yeah. Mike, one of my pastor prayer partners, was able to uh, witness his granddaughter uh, be baptized. So we celebrate with Mike today. So. Well, hey, have I told you lately that I love you? I know, I think Rod Stewart every time too. Have I told you lately that I love you? I want to share with you how to fight discouragement this morning. And let me say uh, this first of all, that no one is immune uh, from discouragement, okay? Uh, no one is exempt from it. It's, an, it's actually a normal part of being human. Uh, we read about great men and women who experience moments of discouragement all throughout Scripture. And we know that spiritual giants... Uh, like Martin Luther, Charles Spurgeon experienced seasons of discouragement in their life. Um, Billy Graham led millions of people to Christ, very open about this uh, in his own life. Uh, listen to this statement of Billy Graham that he wrote. He said, the Christian life is not a constant high. I have personally experienced moments of deep discouragement. Billy Graham. So what is discouragement? Well, discouragement is a loss of confidence. If you look in a Webster Dictionary, it's, it's, it's actually the opposite of faith. Um, you're, you're just not sure anymore. Discouragement is a loss of confidence or enthusiasm. Uh, what used to excite you no longer excites you anymore. Uh, there's kind of a low spirits, uh, disheartened. And while discouragement is not necessarily a sin, it can certainly lead us, lead us into that. Uh, if, we, if we get captured by a long term and, and left unchecked, I mean, it can actually threaten our ability to believe in the promises of God. It can cause us to want to distance ourselves from God. A lot of times when we're discouraged, we want to blame God uh, or become bitter or whatever. One of the things that makes discouragement so dangerous is if left unchecked, it can bleed into despair. And feelings of uh, hopelessness. And it can be quite debilitating. It can cause you to want to give up trying. It can cause you to want to give up believing and uh, give up uh, caring. You know, caring about life, caring about others. Uh, here, here at Brandywine, we often talk about how every member is a minister, right? And how God has called every Christ follower to live on mission. Now, if, if you're just stuck in discouragement, I mean, just there, and that's kind of who you are, Loving and caring about other people is not even on the radar, right? Uh, discouragement can cause us to become inwardly focused, and if it's long term, and, and discouragement can 
uh, it can keep us from ministering and caring for others and actually uh, keep, keep us from living a fruitful life for Christ. So even though discouragement is a normal emotion and all of us are going to experience discouragement from time to time, as Christ followers, it is so vital that it doesn't become who we are. Are you with me? It's, it's not who we are, that we learn what causes discouragement in our life and, and that we find out biblically how to fight against it and to keep it from setting in uh, long term. So our text this morning is found in Joshua 1.9. Joshua 1.9. Before I read it, let me just give you a little background here of what's happening with this uh, scripture. Uh, the children of Israel have been wandering around uh, in the wilderness for, for 40 years. And now it was up to Joshua to lead the people into the promised land. So we pick up the story just as the term leader uh, has been pinned on Joshua's label, okay? So Joshua has been given the task of leading a very large group of people, some scholars believe to be even in the millions. He's left in charge to leave all these people into a new land. And get this, there's not really any road map to go by. And when they arrive into this new land that they're going to take over, they're going to have to fight enemies that are twice their size. I mean, does that sound like a high-stress job to you? Yeah. I, I think we can all say, well, okay, he's, he probably got it worse than I got it right now. So, some of the first things that God spoke to Joshua about as he becomes Israel's leader, one of the first things he addresses is to not be afraid or discouraged. And here's what God actually says in verse, verse 9, chapter 1 of Joshua. God says, this is my command. Let's say it together. It's better that way. All right? This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God says to Joshua, do not be afraid or discouraged. It's important to know that God is, is, is never a God of discouragement. I, we need to understand and get that in our spirit. When, when you get a discouraging train of thought in your mind, you can be sure that that's not from God, all right? Uh, that, that's not, that didn't originate from Him. He, he gets blamed for a lot of things He didn't do. Uh, but just know that God is not the originator of discouragement, and He would never bring discouragement onto your life, into your life. Uh, in fact, He's the one saying, don't be discouraged, all right? Uh, it's also important to note here, as we look at that Scripture, and I'm going to have you just uh, put it back up because this is important. Uh, that when you feel discouraged and you're, you're, you're going to be tempted at times to say, well, man, I must not be a very spiritual person. That, that's not necessarily true. Notice God says, do not be, focus, if, if you can, you probably don't have anything to circle, do you? Be 
discouraged. There's a big difference in being discouraged and staying there, for, you know, long term versus just having moments and seasons of feeling discouraged. Are you tracking with me? When God tells Joshua, do not be afraid, he's not talking just about a feeling here. I mean, he's talking about not letting discouragement set in. He's talking about not letting discouragement become who we are, our identity. It's the same thing with fear. I mean, think about it. God says, do not fear. Well, again, God is not going to, he's not talking about some momentary feeling, you know, of fear. Uh, he understands, I mean, he made us, he understands our humanity, right? And so let's say you're, you're, you're hiking on the back trails in Alaska and you run across a baby bear cubs, all right? And you turn around and you see this very angry, protective mama bear coming at you, right? Running straight towards you. What's your first automatic emotion when, when, are you going to feel at that moment? Yeah. If, if that's me, I'm not standing there saying to myself, but God said, do not fear. <laughs> I mean, I'm out of there, or whatever you're supposed to do. I don't think the little spray stuff's going to work either. I don't know. But <laughs> when God says, do not fear, he's not talking about us never having moments of feeling uh, discouraged. He's talking about our long-term focus. He's saying, don't be discouraged. You see... Here's, here's a principle I want to catch this morning. There's a big difference to God between what I feel and who I am. Are you with me? The things you feel don't have to define who you are. All right? That'll preach. All right? Uh, the things you feel don't have to define who you are. And if you're taking notes this morning, uh, if you want to follow along, there are three causes of discouragement. And I'm sure this is not an exhaustive list, and the next one's not going to be either, but we're going to hit on what time we have. And the first one is what we just talked about, fear. That's one of the major causes of discouragement. In fact, even sociologists today will tell you that the emotion of fear most always comes when something changes in your life, and then comes discouragement. Notice the order there. The emotion of fear most always comes first when something changes in your life, and then comes discouragement. Now, some of you can relate to what we're saying here this morning. Maybe you recently had, had to step into new territory that you were not used to, you know? Um, you just, and it's kind of an unknown to you. you you're having to deal with change in your life. And you're, you're not real sure of the task here that, that moving forward of what's that going to look like? And, you know, and so you're not real confident about what you're doing here and where, where things are headed and what, what you've been in. God is asking you maybe to do something. You're like, I don't know if you got the right guy here. Huh? So what happens is fear begins to set in, which is exactly why God's word mentions fear and discouragement in the same sentence. And it's, it's why sociologists, I just mentioned, will tell you fear comes first when something changes in your life and then comes discouragement. I mean, you're feeling stress because you're unsure about things. And, and that's Joshua 1.9. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it, how 
when it comes to understanding human behavior and the new studies that keep coming out of how you and I respond to certain situations, that we're always just playing catch up to what God's Word has always said for thousands of years. I mean, that just makes me think, man, God sure is smart. You know, the Bible sure is relevant to our lives today. This is my command, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged because fear comes first when something changes in your life and then comes discouragement. So Joshua had a lot of things to cause him to, to be afraid and have fear in his life. And so you remember whose place in leadership Joshua was taking? Yeah, it was Moses. It was taking Moses. Moses, who's bigger than life, had just died, and Joseph, Joseph is now supposed to fill his role. I mean, there's some big shoes to fill, you know. Uh, that, that would make anyone lack confidence following that guy, right? Uh, fear comes in many forms. And sometimes we don't think through it. Like, yeah, that's, that is a fear, you know. Um, what, what if I'm not the right guy for this job? Or what if I'm not qualified? Or, you know, what if I fail? Can I just tell everybody right now that I love you. I'm just going to tell you, if you. If you try great things for God, you're going to fail. You're going to fail. You ought to fail some. I mean, in fact, if you're not failing some, then, then you're not trying enough great things for God. I mean, you're, all you're doing is praying over your Rice Krispies, right? So, let me say this, failure is an event, not a person. Are you with me? Y'all like to shop at Macy's? R.H. Macy failed seven times before his store in New York caught on. Babe Ruth struck out 1,330 times before he hit 714 home runs. Michael Jordan, heard of that name before? How many of you know he got cut his sophomore year of high school basketball? He didn't make the team. I'm thinking that's just bad coaching. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, how bad could Michael Jordan be at 10th grade, right? <laughs> but uh, Thomas Edison, the famous inventor, performed around, get this, 50,000 experiments before he succeeded in producing a storage battery. <laughs> 50,000. I mean, now after 50,000 tries, you would think that he had some serious, wouldn't you think, there's maybe some doubts here. This is going to work. When, when asked if he ever became discouraged working so long without results, this, is, this was Thomas Edison's reply. He, he said, quote, results? Well, now I know 50,000 things that won't work. <laughs> All right? Theodore Roosevelt said the only man who never makes a mistake is a man who never does anything. And that's, this is what I'm trying to get across today for the things of God. Listen to me carefully. Failure is an event. It's not a person. Failure is something that you do. It's not something that you become. So, uh, so there, there's the fear, fear of failure. And then sometimes when we do fail, and, and what do we do with that? We get discouraged. But there's, there's a fear of what others might think of me. Um, people pleasing, I mean, that will always lead you down the road of discouragement. Um, number two, a second cause of discouragement is frustration. This is one of the most common. All of us have experienced discouragement 
when things, something does not go the way I plan for it to go, right? It, um, things don't go the way that we, we had hoped. Uh, a deal falls through or a relationship goes sour or uh, didn't get that job or the, the goal that I'd set. It's, it doesn't look like it's coming about. Or the big project collapses. Uh, anytime there's an unmet expectation, right? Something doesn't go right, something unexpected, and it's preventing you from accomplishing what you need to do or you want to do, right? So frustration is a common cause of discouragement. Number three, a third cause of discouragement is fatigue. Got the three F's going here. Uh, per, perhaps you fall in the category of being, uh, you tend to be a workaholic, all right? Let's just be honest. And, and some of us, if you're a workaholic, sometimes, you know, it's kind of like, well, the world's not going to operate right without me, so I can't take a day of rest. And that's pride, isn't it? I mean, that's playing God. Uh, if you refuse to take a full day off each week and honor the Sabbath, and it needs to look different than any other day, just things that fill your tank and worship and a, a day of rest, the Sabbath. Um, and since this is a timeless principle from God, when we don't do it, it'll come back to bite us, right? Uh, because God's the one who said, take a Sabbath day, and keep it holy each week, make, a make it a natural rhythm, uh, part of your life. Uh, and to ignore it is a recipe that will eventually, uh, you're going to become physically or emotionally exhausted. And when that happens, it leads to discouragement. What happens is when we're tired, our defenses are lowered. When we're tired, we're not getting enough sleep. Um, and things seem a lot worse than they really are, right? And so fatigue will always uh, lead to discouragement. Well, the Bible has a lot to say about discouragement. Um, and today I want to give you five ways from God's Word to fight discouragement in your life, all right? Five ways. And number one here is really number one. Whenever you begin to feel discouraged, this is the number one thing you can do. And you're, you're going to say, you said that just because you're a pastor. No, I'm saying it because it's true. En encourage yourself in God's Word. That's number one. Encourage yourself in God's Word. Why? Because it works. It's true. The Bible is full of encouragement. It's full of examples of people who needed it. And here's the deal. Encouragement is probably, it probably not going to come find you. You need to go find it. And so the Bible uh, in King James Version actually says, encourage yourself in the Lord. And this is one of the ways we do it as we, we, we encourage ourselves in God's Word. Uh, some people are like, well, hey, I just don't know where to go in the Bible to find that stuff you're talking about. You know, be encouraged and not be discouraged or whatever. Listen, in this day and age, shoot, all you have to do is Google. <laughs> I mean, I, I know that can be dangerous, but if you put in Bible verses on discouragement, Bible verses on discouragement, you know what? You're going to find a ton of Scripture references on discouragement, how to defeat it. I mean, here's, here's what you'll find when you search Bible verses on discouragement. You'll find verses, verse after verse, on how much God thinks of you. He thinks about you all the time. 
how much he loves you. You're going you're gonna to see verse after verse on how God loves you. And how much he wants to encourage you, you personally. You can put your name in there. I do that in the Psalms all the time. You know, when I feel moments of discouragement, dear Mark, <laughs> thank you, Lord. You're talking to me. Psalm 119.50 says, your promise, your promise revives me. It comforts me in all my trouble. That was written by King David. King David knew a little bit about how to fight discouragement. I mean, he had seasons of discouragement and he knew how to fight them. In our, in our text this morning, Joshua 1, 9, guess what verse is right before this fear and discouragement, verse 9, you know? Joshua 1, 8, you know what's there? Well, yeah. Study this book of instruction continually. That's not there by accident. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. That's not, that's not just for Joshua. That's for you and I as well. A lot of Christians are living in fear and discouragement because they're dwelling day and night on the wrong thing. Right? I mean, we get up and we watch the morning news. Boom, right away. The wrong thing to dwell on. Let's see how many people got murdered today. You know, what world news event can stir up my spirit enough to I can go to work just angry or, or fearful or whatever. Then they, you go off to work and you're probably, those of you who are not in an atmosphere like I get to work in every day, you're probably not working around people who are edifying, you know, or, you know, helping you out. Uh, maybe they're, they're bringing you down as well. And, uh, and then you, you're not away from the news even at work and on break. It's like, hey, I got my phone. I can go to my news app and dwell on more bad news. Well, looky there, another moral failure. Oh, yeah. Uh, shared in great detail. Let's read about that. Okay. Surprise, surprise, another moral failure. And then you go home and you watch a, a, a movie. Let's, let's watch Netflix, all right? And, you know, let's, let's, let's find something really discouraging here, like, you know, uh, violence or anger, nudity, crude, foul language, you know? And then you lay your head on your, in your bed and you're like, man, why am I so discouraged? What did Joshua 1 8 say? Meditate on negative crap day and night. No, it doesn't say that. <laughs> it, sa it says, encourage yourself in God's word. Meditate on, on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. So, encourage yourself in God's Word. That's how we fight discouragement. That's number one. Number two, don't try to fake it. When you're discouraged, don't try to fake it. Don't try to pretend you're not feeling discouraged. Um, the Apostle Paul was kind of straightforward on this. So he instructs Christ followers to not try to fake it. Here's what he says in 2 Corinthians 4. He says, we don't try to trick anyone. In other words, hey, we as Christ followers, we need to be genuine. If we're, if we're feeling discouragement, then you be you, all right? Why? Because God does not bless pretenders. You don't have to be perfect for God to bless you, but you have to be authentic, all right? And you have to be real. There's nothing worse than a bunch of Christians just pretending, you know, every, how you doing? I'm doing great. But that's not true. What keeps us from being real? 
fear. I was, uh, you know, we, and the fear of rejection. I mean, it's a vicious circle, isn't it? Fear leads to discouragement. And so don't try to fake it. Uh, number three, one of the best ways to fight discouragement, number three, is to tell someone that you trust. When I'm feeling discouraged, I need to go to someone that I trust and tell them. There, there's a biblical principle that we often say around Brandywine, and it's a principle that we've, uh, from God, really from God's Word, but it's, uh, we hear it in Celebrate Recovery all the time, and that is, you're only as sick as your what? Secrets. Yeah, you're only as sick as your secrets. And uh, there, there's something healing about sharing what's going on in your soul. And uh, so you're not faking it, you're actually sharing it with somebody else, what's going on. Even if that person you're sharing with can't do anything to help at that moment, just knowing that someone else is sharing your burden lightens the load on you. Have you noticed that? Telling someone helps. It's biblical. Look at Galatians 6, verse 2. Share each other's what? Share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. Uh, so let me ask you this. Who do you have in your life that you can talk to uh, when you are discouraged, when you're, you're feeling discouraged? Because just talking to them is going to bring relief. If you choose someone that you trust, you'll know that it's, it's safe for you to share it there and they'll, they'll keep the conversation private and it It'll give you a chance, an opportunity to open up and talk, talk through what's, what's bothering you. And uh, you'll, you'll have a sounding board, which is so important to bounce your thoughts off of. And sometimes you, sometimes you even get good advice and um, suggestions on how to proceed, you know. Personally, I can tell you this. I have benefited in my life enormously for having a number of people in my life that I can trust when I have feelings of discouragement come over me. And you know, feelings of discouragement, it's, it's, I didn't exhaust that list. I mean, I could, I've had times I got discouraged right after great victories. I'm like, what is, what's the deal here? You know, I've had summers where we baptized 100 people and Monday morning I'm discouraged. What's my deal? I don't know. But uh, personally, I can tell you when I've gone to people in my life that I trust, my wife, my staff, uh, friends, family, there have been times I've gone to all the above, you know, and, and every time I have, I found relief and left encouraged. Um, I don't make it a vent session, that's important. Note, it's not a vent session. I go in asking, what is it in me that's struggling here? Okay, that's important. What is it in me that's struggling here? Uh, and l let, me, let me encourage you on this. Several years ago, we started a ministry here called Wellspring, Wellspring Center. Hundreds of people have found help in this area through our church's Wellspring Center. Wellspring exists to help anyone who's struggling with depression, anxiety, thoughts of suicide. And when it comes to discouragement, if you, if you just hang there and it stays there, it can lead into these other things. And so Wellspring is there to help you take the next step toward wholeness in your mental health if, if, if you can't get out of discouragement. And it leads to some of these other things, anxiety, and depression, thoughts of suicide or whatever. 
there's some great folks in our Wellspring Center standing by ready to listen, help give you instruction, help uh, direct you in the, in the right place. Uh, sometimes it's, it's clinical. And you know, sometimes, yeah, uh, there's something in our body that's not right. And, and we just need to get you to the right place to help. Uh, give them a call, all right? Uh, ways to fight discouragement. Number four, this, this one's so powerful. You combat discouragement with gratitude. Express gratitude is number four. This life that you and I, all of us are participating in, throws a lot of difficult things our way. Anybody saying amen to that? Yeah? This is not heaven. We say that around here. This ain't heaven, you know? And the Bible doesn't sugarcoat that either. I mean, Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart. What does that mean? Don't be discouraged. For I have overcome the world. In this world you will have trouble. There will be valleys. There, there will be thunderstorms. There's going to be earthquakes. Jesus is saying, stop expecting it all to go smooth here on this, in this world. Because since the day sin entered into this world, it's no longer set up to go smooth. All right? You combat discouragement with gratitude. So it's important that we, we have the, the discipline and understanding to stop focusing on what is discouraging and start focusing on all that God has done for you. Have you ever, have you ever done that in a, in a moment of discouragement? People don't realize how powerful gratitude is. It's hard to be miserable and grateful at the same time. Are you with me? I mean, gratitude and discouragement cannot reside in the same room. So when you get down and you start thinking about how hopeless things seem to be in your life, start praising God for all the good things that he's already done for you. And, you know, count your blessings. Psalm 103.2 says, let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. What has God done for you? What has God done for you? I know you're maybe in a moment of discouragement. What has he done? Didn't you wake up today? Aren't you still breathing? I mean, you may have some aches and pains along the way, but don't you have some measure of health? Be grateful. Express that to God. I mean, you may not have the dream car you've always wanted, but don't you have a car to drive? Most of the world doesn't. I mean, you may not be eating filet mignon every night, but don't you have something to eat? <laughs> you may not be sleeping in the king's palace every night, but you got a roof over your head? Come on. I dare you. Start making a list of everything God has done for you when you get discouraged. And by the time you get to seven, number eight, number nine, you can't stay discouraged. Once you get grateful, you can't be discouraged at the same time. You combat discouragement by expressing gratitude. Just try it. Number five, the fifth way you defeat discouragement is by remembering that God is with you. 
This is what God said to Joshua. This is one of the things that we have to be most thankful about. I mean, think about it. How could I ever stay discouraged knowing that the God who created this universe, the God who sent his only son to die for my sins, I didn't deserve that. The God who loves me unconditionally says, I will never leave you. I, Mark, I will never forsake you. When you go through whatever you go through, whatever valley, you will not go through it alone. I will be with you. Put your hand in mine. We'll walk through this together. I'm not going to leave you. That's the God we serve. You and I serve a God whose name is Emmanuel. You know what that means. God is what? He is with us. God never promised us that he would, that you and I would never go through valleys in this life. What did he promise? He promised that he would never, we would never have to go through the valleys alone. In our text this morning, Joshua 1, 9 closes out by saying this, for the Lord your God is what? He is with you wherever you go. He promises us that he is, he is close to the brokenhearted. That's God's promise to you today. You feeling discouraged? Read it. Let it sink in. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I don't know about you, but I am so thankful for a God who is always with me, who's always near. James says this in the New Testament that whenever you draw near to God, anytime you're feeling discouraged, anytime you're feeling unsure or afraid, a loss of confidence, here's his promise. He says, I will draw near. If you'll draw near to God, he says, he'll draw near to you. If I'll draw near to God, he'll draw near to me. God is not far off. He is not distant. He is not a far off God. He is loving. He is caring. He is compassionate. He's a compassionate God who's always near. And he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. That's my God. My God is always with me. My God is always comforting me. My God is always giving me the strength that I need for my day. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> if, you want, if you want to defeat discouragement in your life, let's speak the name of Jesus over you right now. There is power in the name of Jesus, and there is power when we practice these five biblical principles that I just shared with you of how to defeat discouragement. Let's pray together. Elders, life group leaders, you can come prepare communion. Father God, I don't, I don't know who's he hearing this message right now, but you do. You know the hearts. You know those who are on the edge of discouragement or deep, deep in it. And I pray that, Father God, that we as a church family, as individuals, we will take your word and not just hear it, not just learn it, but actually apply it and do it and practice it. And we'll take these five biblical ways to fight discouragement this week and we'll put these into our life. And these will be habits in our life. That we'll, I, I just pray right now for some who are needing this right now that they'll review this message all week in order to fight the discouragement that you don't want us to have. 
Now you pray. You, you just say, say, Lord, help me to never forget how much you love me. Help me to never forget how much you care about me. And God, help me to apply these principles in my own life to dwell on the right things. Help me to, to encourage myself in your word to meditate on it day and night, not the other stuff that's going to drag me down and cause fear and discouragement and agitation and anxiety. God, help me to dwell on your word and meditate on it day and night. Lord, help me to, to never try to pretend or fake how I'm feeling. Help me to find someone I trust to share my burden. And Lord, help me to express gratitude for all that you ever have done in my life. Anytime I feel discouragement, help me to make a list. God, help me to do that and just begin to express gratitude for what you are done in my life. Help me to remember that you're always with me. Thank you, Jesus. Those of you who maybe are new here today and you've never stepped across the line of faith and said, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. I want, I want to spend all of eternity in heaven with you. I want to know this God who is going to comfort me and help me to overcome and defeat discouragement. Romans 10, 13 says, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So, if you're here this morning, you'd like to pray that prayer, you can leave with assurance right now knowing. If you're watching online, you just pray this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, just in your heart and mind, just say, Father God, I trust you. I trust you and I give you my life. I ask you to save me. Forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so I can live for you and follow you. Fulfill the goal to please you and all I do. Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would, you would break the roots of discouragement in lives right now. We give you our hearts and lives. We, we pray in the powerful name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. Can we celebrate what God is doing in our hearts and lives?